Hello, friends. Today we are going to be talking about habits. I'm going to try and be as nice and short as possible because I did a lot of research, maybe a little bit too much. Um, so I'm going to kind of split this up into three main parts, which I might even give you the, the timestamps in the description. But basically going to be talking about how a habit works, how a habit's formed and the golden rules in changing a habit. Um, so, yes, I'm going to get on with it. Make yourself comfortable, sit back, relax, maybe fluff up the pillows, maybe go to the cupboard, grab a cookie. But if you're doing it without thinking, that's a habit and that's bad. But if you keep listening, we will figure out how to break that habit. Okay, here comes the theme tune. So a few people have asked me, that's a lie, nobody's asked me, but I put a few polls out on uh, my social media feeds um, about what people want to hear about more. Um, so this was one of them. Um, I've done a little bit of research here and there. Um, I claim not to be an expert, but would argue that I've got my information from experts. So... Um, I will first start with giving you a bad habit of my own, which I would say I may have broken out of, but from time to time I do relapse. So here's the example. I want to set the scene for you. I've just eaten dinner. It was delicious, but something's missing. What is missing? Of course, it's a piece of chocolate or it's a cupcake or it's just anything sweet. So I decide to have a piece of cake, cupcake, whatever, after dinner. And what I get from that after eating it is a nice hit of sugar that's very sweet and it's very rewarding. So the way that a habit cycle works is, first of all, there's a cue. Remember that, the word cue. There's a cue, a trigger that tells your brain to go into automatic mode and which habit to use. So my cue is the fact that I've just eaten dinner. And then there's a routine. This is the second part. So remember that word, routine, which can be physical or mental or emotional. So me eating the chocolate is the routine after the cue. You know, I've just had my dinner. I'm like, oh, okay, where's that? Where's this gonna, you know, I'm just missing something. So I'm gonna go and grab a little bit of chocolate. So I do that, and then finally, there's a reward. Now, reward is the third step in the habit cycle, and a reward helps your brain figure out if this particular particular loop is worth remembering for the future. Um, and of course, your brain is gonna love a sugary fix, so it's gonna wanna remember it. So over time, this loop of cue, routine, and reward, cue, routine, and reward becomes more and more automatic. The first time that you do this, the part of your brain that's uh, kind of, you can blame for habits being formed, it's called the basal ganglia, but I'm not gonna go into the nitty gritty of it because quite frankly, I don't know whether you care about that. But this part of the brain, the first time you do it, is kind of working overtime to let you know that this routine ended in a good reward. But after multiple attempts, the activity in your brain is less and less and less. So 
the more you do it, it requires less activity, so less mental energy is expended. Scientists have said that habits emerge because the brain is constantly looking for ways to save effort, and that makes a lot of sense because instead of your brain having to work so hard 24-7 and use energy, what happens there is is that it just gets kind of, it knows that if the reward is fantastic at the end from eating something like chocolate in my case, then hey, let's not think about it. Let's just go back into autopilot, which is good if it's a good habit, but you know, that can go a little bit downhill when it comes to things like social media, smoking, drinking. I understand that physical addiction is a little bit different to a habit. But similar areas in the brain do light up. Anyway, I don't want to talk about the depth of the brain because that's just going to send you all to sleep. So unless you deliberately fight a habit and unless you find a new routine, which is that middle step, the habit is just going to unfold automatically. This is especially this kind of happens if you do something over a long period of time. Um, but although they can emerge um, from our from outside of our consciousness, it's good because we can actually deliberately design them ourselves. So that's a good little segue onto the next bit there. Um, how do we create new habits? So it's important, basically, the one thing that you need in creating a new habit is to create a craving. So it's a craving that makes cues and rewards work. Um, and craving ultimately powers a habit loop. So I'm going to go back to my example. I get home after a long, arduous day. God, wasn't work so tiring. And I've just eaten dinner and it's chocolate time. After a few weeks of helping yourself to chocolate, believe it or not, uh uh-oh, I formed a habit. Now, what happens here is every single time I eat dinner... I've formed this sort of cue now where I'm like, oh, yes, dinner was delicious, but something's missing. What is it? Oh, going to go get some chocolate from the cupboard again. Um, Now, the more and more you do this, you don't even realize you're doing it after a while. Um, I know that sounds extreme, but just pay attention to something that you would consider to be a bad habit, but you have to identify it. And you might see that it's pretty kind of you're in autopilot when you're when you're feeding that habit um what's really interesting is though the following day i've had a really long day at work again so my ego is a little bit depleted um i've just had dinner fantastic thank you for making that for me uh walk over to the cupboard and oh no there's no dairy milk in there or galaxy or whatever your choice is it doesn't matter so from here, you'll feel an un- like unhappy sensation, a sense of dissatisfaction, and this is this is kind of a, a clear example of a craving that you've created. So it's this anticipation of a reward that makes you feel like this, and it creates a neurological craving. So let me now pass the ball over to you, and I'm going to ex- I'm going to describe something that I think will probably resonate with you and maybe leave you you may have never thought about this so I may have opened your eyes which is what we're here to do okay so 
Um, this is where things get a little bit darker, right? So what about when your smartphone chimes, you know? You hear your iPhone, your Android, probably not a BlackBerry. Um, so I assume that your brain starts anticipating this momentary distraction that opening your Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is going to give you. And what's really interesting is, say if you're in a meeting or something, or you're at dinner with your family and there's a no phones rule. I don't know who has that, some super strict family. Anyway, um, that anticipation is going to build the more and more your phone is vibrating off in your pocket. And whilst that's happening, you're going to start feeling a little bit tense, like, oh, I really need to get to that phone and just kind of open it so that this kind of feeling of tension dies down. Well, that sounds like a habit to me. The fact that you will feel a little bit of a drive to go forwards and grab your phone. And most of the time as well, if you aren't in that situation where you're not permitted to go on your phone, you'll just go into autopilot and pick up your phone and you'll just start scrolling through it from there, which is another podcast right there. My issue with the social media companies. Anyway, to overpower a habit, we just need to recognize which craving is driving the behavior. So for our final part of this podcast, I'm going to be talking about uh, the golden rules of habit change. And this is how transformation occurs. Here's a good little quote that I found from some sports team. I'm, I couldn't even give it. Uh, this is my fault. This is poor preparation. Anyway, this is the quote. Champions don't do extraordinary things. They do ordinary things, but they do them without thinking. Too fast for the other person to react. They follow the habits they've learned. Wow. Monday motivation, even though it's Tuesday. Okay. We can get better at pretty much most things if we take the time to look at our habits, see where the faults lie, mostly within the routine, and try and work from there. So this is how habit change works. You can't extinguish bad habits. You can only change them. So it's in the title, habit change. So basically what you need to do is, and I'm just going to break this down very simply, use the same cue. So for me, that's, I've just had dinner. Fantastic. Provide the same reward. So I've got to get that feeling, you know, that good little hit at the end, which would usually be the sugary fix, but I need to replace it with something. And to do that, I need to change the routine. So instead of marching over to the cupboard with the cupcakes and the chocolate in, what I need to do is, is I need to get a little fix in some way, shape or form from something else. So I could go over to the fruit bowl. I could have a piece of fruit. That would be good. I could try and accomplish a goal of some sort. I could go and engage in some sort of social interaction. These are all tips from experts, not myself. So I'm not the genius here. Um, but basically what you need to do is you still need to find a way to stimulate yourself at the end of this, this process. So I'm going to talk about another example here. Let's say you chew your fingernails, which I know is pretty common for some people. 
a good way to keep track of this is to carry around an index card and mark down every single time you notice yourself chewing your fingernails. Do that for one week. Just keep track. Every time you notice you do it, just, you know, sketch it down. Um, and by doing this, what you're doing is you're engaging in something called competing response. So what competing response is, is pretty self-explanatory. But each time you feel the urge to bite your fingernails, you know, you should try and compete this. Put your hands in your pockets, underneath your legs, grip a pencil, do anything that will stop you from biting your fingernails. And you can apply that to meat in chocolate, you know, like just try and do anything else than that and try and shift the habit onto something else. It's ridiculously simple, but once you're aware of how the habit works and how to recognize cues and rewards, you're pretty much halfway there to changing it. The most important takeaway from this is that the brain can be reprogrammed. You just have to be deliberate about it. The final thing really in habit change is that there needs to be some sort of framework of belief around what you're going to do. So you kind of need to have a little bit of self-belief. No, seriously, a little bit of self-belief to um, to kind of have the willpower to keep going. So, you know, like... Oh, if I had that chocolate, I went, oh, but I just simply can't stop eating chocolate after din- after every dinner. But if I can say in my head, well, no, I should, I really need to do this on top of changing the habit, ru- the habit routine. Um, you know, that is the, the golden ticket to making a real change. The bottom line is a little self-belief and identifying that cue, routine and reward. So you still need to make sure you feel good at the end of what you're, you know, what you're trying to change. But you just need to make sure that you are replacing, in my example, chocolate with something else, completing a goal, making a phone call, watching something that makes me laugh. Just fill in that gap so you still get the feel-good sensations. What's really interesting is since I have been doing... Um, reading on this on habits it just becomes so much more applicable to absolutely everything I'm doing like I notice where um say if I'm sitting in my room and I start to get like the little cravings to go and scroll on my phone or go and turn on the PS4 and and just mindlessly play something for a little while it's a very good way on top of being mindful in general to bring yourself back into the present moment so this is one of the really useful things that I, th- that I think you should take away from taking the time to learn about habit formation. The more that you know about it and the more that you spend a little bit of time reading about it, it's very important. Um, I think next week I'm going to be talking about social media and the battle for your attention, which should be good. I've got to do a little bit of homework on that still, so that's going to take a little bit of time to come through, but... Hopefully we'll be uh, getting a few friends on, chatting about mental health, making things a little bit easier to talk about, and you never know, you may identify with people's experiences, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Brilliant. Thank you for listening, and like I said last week, if anyone has any ideas, feedback, criticism, send it over to me, but if it's bad criticism, don't send it because I don't think I could take it. Cool. Arrivederci.